You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I want to set this up. I want to set this up. In the next three minutes, we're doing a new series called Battle Breach, and we're basically taking kind of Hollywood movies and or pieces of movies, and we're going to you know, preach that. So literally in the next three minutes, this clip that you're about to see is is... The answer to the question, what is Awakened Church's mission in San Diego and Salt Lake City? Okay, hang on. I'm, I, I come to this Awakened Church, and all right, everybody's kind of good looking, and uh, you got kind of cool logo and great. Yeah, all right, but you know, what's, what's, the, what's the mission? What's the assignment? What are you here to do? This clip will explain everything. So cue the video, and let's have a look at this, the screen. Cannot allow you before Theoden King so armed and upgrade him. Second Amendment. By order of Grima Wormtongue. This conjurer chooses to appear. Last spell I named ill news is an ill guest. Be silent. Give your full tongue behind your teeth. I have not passed so far in death to bandy crooked words with a witless word. Stop. I told
Such a, such a powerful clip. Uh, J.R. Uh, Tolkien is the, uh, the author of the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well as The Hobbit. Both his parents had died by the time he was 12. And uh, he had a profound, just a, a profound and deep love for the church. In fact, he was the one that, that led C.S. Lewis to, to Christ. And uh, by the time he was 16, he could speak nine languages. He could debate in Latin, go into fluent ancient Greek, and then go back into Latin again. And, uh, and then began to like invent and create languages and stories. And that's what helped him with uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Elven. And what so irked him was he saw so much of the power of the gospel choked by religion that he wanted to write in such a way to, to bring to the emerging generation the story of the Lord of the Rings where he captured biblical things and presented them in the, the purity of the power of the gospel. So let me give you three quick points. I'm going to give you point number one before we read the scriptures. So point number one is the gospel is the answer. The gospel is the answer. The gospel is the answer. The word gospel comes from the old English God spell. God spell. The gospel, gospel comes from God spell. Whether you realize it or not, um, the, the way that you see the world is determined by the, the, the voice or the word that you live under. So we, we sang a song, you know, when I sing your praise, I see the breakthrough. When I sing your name, I see the way through. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. All words are spirit, but not all words are life. All words are spirit, and, but not all words are life. And in the, the movie there, we saw, <coughs> excuse me, we saw King Theoden. Sometimes you've got to sneeze just to get blessed. Uh, we saw King, <coughs> King Theoden is, has got Grima worm tongue. And, and you saw he's disheveled. You saw there's a glaze over his eyes. You saw that he's, because Grima Wormtongue is speaking to him, and he's actually come under the spell, come under the power of Saruman. And then when, uh, when Gandalf arrives, Gandalf has just uh, defeated the Balrog, this, this giant demon. He's defeated. Whatever you defeat, you get authority over. And so now he comes in a brand new authority. He now has authority over Saruman, and he's able to drive it out. And so the, the, the mission of Awakened Church in San Diego is to preach the gospel. And the gospel is that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That, that the earth belongs to God. That God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not only that, but man is fallen. Man is separated from God because of our sin. Doesn't matter how religious you are. Doesn't matter how many church services you go to. Doesn't matter how many catechisms you... Doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, uh, how many people you helped across the street. How many old ladies you helped with their shopping carts. You and I have a sinful nature. All sin separates us from the glory of God. The Bible says that heaven is a perfect place and imperfection cannot enter perfection because it would defile perfection. So we are lost, hopelessly lost, except Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus came and provided atonement so that all of our sin and our transgression and every violation that we made against the Word of God could be atoned for, could be annulled because of the sacrifice of the innocent Savior, Jesus Christ, who died in our place, making a substitution. He took our sin upon Him and gave His righteousness to us so that we and you and I can stand in the presence of Almighty God and we can come out from under a spell. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Satan is the great destroyer. It introduces him as a destroyer. But then if you keep reading or if you read back a little bit, you find that before he's a destroyer, he's presented as a deceiver. He's presented as the great deceiver. The Bible says, and Satan who deceives the whole world. So he can only destroy to the level he can deceive. He can only destroy to the level he can deceive. So the Bible says, the Bible says that God raises up shepherds. So, so a lot of people look at the church and it's amazing how the people who don't go to church you know, want to tell us how we ought to, you know, 
conduct ourselves is that, well, you guys should be feeding the homeless and, and hey, we're going to create mess. And then your job is to come in once we've kind of created all, all of our mess, just to come in and mop up our mess for us so we don't you know, feel so guilty and we don't have to live with the consequences of our sin and rebellion against God. Yeah, that's not biblical. So God bless you, but until you go to church, we ain't listening to you. You don't get the microphone. The Bible teaches us that a shepherd's job, my job as a shepherd is to make sure that I protect you from the wolf, that I protect you from the evil one. The evil one is a deceiver, and the antidote to deception is truth. The antidote to deception is truth. The Bible presents God as the God of truth. He's the God of truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus in John 16 says, when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, the Spirit of truth, whom my Father will send. So we see that the Father is introduced as truth, the Son is introduced as truth, and the Holy Spirit is introduced as truth. Now, Buddha said, I can point you to the truth, but Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot, you cannot pursue truth and not run into God. There is a saying, and it's a true saying, that all truth is God's truth. So our job is to protect people from lies and deception by telling you the truth, and the truth is the Word of God. That's why the Word of God has come under all kinds of scrutiny. Well, how can you trust the Word of God? I can trust the Word of God because as an 18-year-old on a beach, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. The moment that I invited Christ into my heart, the the moment that I acknowledged that I was a sinner that needed saving, and I realized that Jesus hung on the cross to die for my sin, I prayed a prayer, inviting Him into my heart. And the only way I can describe it was like hands were taken away from in front of my eyes. And for the first time, I saw clearly, because I came out from under the influence of the spirit of this age, and I was now under the influence. Some people say, well, you shouldn't live under the influence. Well, it depends which influence. Everybody lives under the influence. Let me just tell you that. But which influence you live under, that's the game changer right there. And so it's like hands up, and I could see clearly. John Newton, who was a former slave trader, he was the guy who had an encounter with God on, in, in the middle of a storm where it looked like they were going to sink at sea. And he knew as somebody who brought human cargo from the Ivory Coast to the, the British colonies and sold them, he knew if he had to stand before God, he would not. He would not make heaven. And so he got on his knees and he prayed, God, if you, if you spare me, if you don't let me perish tonight, I promise that I will turn my life around. Well, supernaturally, the storm subsided. When they got back to England, he sold all of his ships and for the next 27 years worked relentlessly and tirelessly to eradicate the slave trade from the British colonies, raised up a man by the name of William Wilberforce, who literally brought the complete emancipation from all the British colonies that that did an end to, to, to the slave trade. But this man wrote a song called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I... See, because he came out from under the spell of this world. The spell of this world denies God and says, hey, you know, it's not sin, it's preference, it's whatever. But as soon as he acknowledged that he was a sinner and gave his life to Jesus Christ, he began to see. He began to see. He could no longer ignore the injustice. He could no longer ignore the exploitation. He could no longer ignore the antidote to the sin, the antidote to the violence, the antidote to the transgression, the antidote to to the dysfunction, the antidote to the destruction and deception is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are unashamed and unafraid to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because we echo the sentiments of the Apostle Paul. We're not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God under salvation. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, well, let's have a look at a couple of quick scriptures in Genesis chapter 17. And I'm going to have to go quick because I didn't finish in the last one and there's a good chance that we could repeat that. And I'm Trying not to repeat that. So in Genesis 17, put the scriptures up, and then I'm going to try and do my best to abbreviate. So God appears under Abraham, and and when Abraham was 99 years old, his wife at this time is 89 years old, and God says to, to Abraham, he says, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. 
walk before me and be blameless. And God says, and I'm going to make my covenant with you and I'm going to multiply in you and you will be, you know, exceedingly great and nations will come from you. And then God changes his name. He says, and from now on, your name is no longer going to be Abram, Abram. Abram means exalted father. Ab is father, Ram is exalted. He says, no longer will you be called Abram, but your name is going to be Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to make my covenant with you and I'm going to multiply you and I'm going to bless you and all the nations of the world will be blessed because of you. Then if you skip down to verse 15 of the same chapter, God says, and, and behold, your, your bride, your wife, Sarai, she's no longer going to be called Sarai, but you're going to call her from henceforth Sarah. And I want you to notice it was Abram, but now it's Abraham. And it was Sarai, and now it's Sarah. And what God was doing was something very interesting. In both of their names, God was inserting the fifth letter of the Hebrew Aleph Bait, which is the letter Hay. The letter Hay. And, and the, the shape of Hay, it's, it's like the Dalit, the D, the door, and it has, uh, it has a gap, and it means spirit, it means wind, it means breath. And it's the breath of God. The Bible says God created Adam from the dust and then <sighs> breathed into Adam <sighs> the breath of life. And Adam became a living being. And it's when the breath of God, when the presence of God enters, God said to Abraham, and he waited till he was 99. Because you, you imagine at 99, your wife's 89. God says, I'm going to multiply you and you're going to, and you're just like, yeah, you're a little late. I'm already tall. You're just thinking, God, you know, you, you, you. I'm not sure if you understand how this biology thing works, God, even though rumor has it you created this whole thing. Um, yeah, we, she stopped. <laughs> but God's like, I'm showing you this, that when my presence comes, it doesn't need help. It doesn't need human assistance. Doesn't matter what the doctors say. Doesn't matter what the biologists say. Doesn't matter when, when, when my breath, when my presence enters, when my presence enters. So point number two is a spiritual shift. A spiritual shift is point number two. So number one, the gospel is the answer. Number two, a spiritual shift. What are we doing in San Diego? What, what, what's our assignment in San Diego? We're here to create a spiritual shift. Now, we're going to throw these scriptures up. And again, I'm, I'm going to just... Uh, do my best to kind of give you the, the, the bullet points and then feel free to read them afterwards. But in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6, the Bible says, and uh, the, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months. And then it says, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Now, what had happened was David was now king of Israel. And he said, you know, I'm the king of Israel, of not just Judah, but also all the other 11 tribes of all Israel. And he said, we didn't even inquire of the ark, the presence of God, the entire time of Saul. And right now the ark is parked at, some, at somebody's house in Kirjath, Jerim. He says, so go and let's bring up the ark. And the last time the ark was, was transported, it was when the Philistines captured it and the Philistines put it on the back of a cart and they sent milk cows and, and it brought it back to Beth Shemesh and then it ended up at Kerjath Jerim. So David ignores what the Bible says and he thinks, okay, well, let's do that. Let's get a brand new cart. God likes new things. So let's get a brand new cart and, and we'll put some oxen there and we'll put the, the, the cart on there. And, and then the Bible says the sons of Ahio, Uzzah and his brother were, were kind of leading leading the and so the Bible says when the, the oxen got to the threshing floor of a guy called Neshon, uh, they could smell the freshly threshed wheat and the oxen began to stumble. As the oxen began to stumble, Uzzah reaches out his hand and lays hold of the ark. And the Bible says, and the Lord struck him dead for his error. And David was angry with God, ticked off with God, like, God, will you behave? Like, we're trying to bring you into, into Israel, and you go around killing people. And our, and our pets' heads are falling off. Probably. But that might not be true. So a lot of people say, well, why, why would God be so? Because Uzzah was not a priest. 
the priests, when they would enter into where the ark was to dwell in the Holy of Holies, had to go through cleansing. They had to go through purification rites. They, 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 because a sinful man can't stand in the presence of a holy God because in God's presence isn't just blessing, there's also judgment. There's judgment on unrighteousness. The reason Satan hates the presence of God is because the presence of God will judge unrighteousness. If the presence of God does not judge unrighteousness, God is not God. For God to judge unrighteousness means that He sets things in order. He brings correction. Most of us will, will have things that people did to us or said to us or things that we've suffered under that were unjust. You, you need to understand nobody escapes justice. That's why God says, forgive them. No, I'm not forgiving them. I'm going to hold on to it. No, no, God's like, for goodness sake, don't live your life with bitterness. You'll end up with arthritis. You'll end up with all. You weren't created to carry bitterness. Forgive them. But if I, if I forgive them, they'll get away with it. Oh, only if I didn't exist, but I exist. <laughs> One day they will have to stand before me. And if they don't have an atoner, they're in a lot of hot water. So Uzzah reaches out his hand ir irreverently as though sinful man can lay hold of and he's struck for his, his error. So what do you do when you have a box that kills people? You put it in somebody's house you don't like. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it says it ends up in Obed-Edom's house. So this thing's just killed someone. David's angry with God. You're going to kill me right. Oh, we've got to put it somewhere. Can't leave it out here on the street. Obed! Obed, buddy, come here, man. Yeah, you're going to take it home. I mean, I mean, you think COVID's bad? If I said to you, listen, I want you to take COVID home, put it in your living room, like let the kids dance around it. You're going to say, you're the crazy... Pastor, you ought to be around. David puts a box that just killed somebody. Obed, you take it home. Yeah, put it near your children and your family. He takes this box home. And the Bible says that for the next three months, everything in his house was blessed. If we go to 1 Chronicles 26, in 1 Chronicles 26, it says... God so blessed Obed-Edom that he had eight sons. Eight is the number of new life, resurrection, new beginnings. He has eight sons. Not only does he have eight sons, but Shemaiah, his oldest son, has these incredible sons who were, were, were mighty men, who were brilliant men, who were leaders in his father's household. It comes within, within one generation, there are 62 offspring, 62 sons that have been born, sons and grandsons, born to this man by the name of Obed-Edom. He was so blessed. The ark comes into his house for three months. And in one generation, there are 62 and they're all leaders in the house of God. They're all, they're all, they all work for, for King David. They're gatekeepers in the house of God, the house of Obed-Edom. Because I want you to know that there is a price to the blessing. There is a price to the presence, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So David realizes when he hears that everything in Obed-Edom's house was blessed, he, he, he summons the priest and he says, how do I, how do I bring this box up? Because Obed-Edom's doing something right. Everything in his house is blessed. You know, they couldn't have children now. His wife's pregnant and she's they're going to have eight and, you know, they, they, they got up in the morning and there was, you know, maybe one or two eggs normally. Now there's these, you know, pyramids of Giza style eggs, like eggs everywhere. And, and they, they, got, they didn't even plant strawberries and there are strawberries growing and every weed in the garden is just like supernaturally dying. Everything in his house was blessed. And so the priest says, well, you know, just so you know, uh, God never asked for a, for a new cart. And if, if I said to you, hey, listen, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to send you to Cabo. And don't worry about transportation. I'm looking after it. I've got your two first-class tickets. You're like, oh, Delta, Southwest. Oh, sorry. No, I don't mean on a plane. No, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you on a wooden cart. 
But don't worry, don't worry. The whole journey, you get to look at the backside of an ox. Oh, yeah, that's better than watching a movie. That's better than HBO. Oh, actually, it's the same as HBO, isn't it? That was a little bit naughty, but anyway. Uh, just so you know, they, they say that, you know, we shouldn't have so many cows and bulls because of their flatulence is causing global warming. But then they're like, yeah, but put God on a, on a cart behind the flatulent bulls. He should be happy. With God is not happy. It is not reverent. It is dishonoring. The Bible says that God was never meant to be put on, an, on a cart and towed behind bulls. He was meant to be carried on the shoulders of his priests. So David repents, and so they, he sends the priests, the Levites, who prepared themselves for three days. And they went and they picked up the ark. And the Bible says when they had... Are you here already, Paul? They went sick. <laughs> All right. So when they went six steps, so they picked up the ark. The Bible says when they went six steps, David said, stop. Stop there, put the ark down. And they sacrificed oxen, sheep, and cattle. And David was saying to God, God, I realize for me to bring your presence into the city, I can't bring it in with presumption. I can't even bring it in with just zeal and motivation. I recognize that there's a price to your presence. But we want your presence in Israel. If you study the Scriptures, which we always encourage, you'll find that when the, when the ark, when the presence of God came into the city, not only was there rejoicing and shouting in the city, but the Bible says at, from that time forward, God gave David victory over all his enemies. God gave him victory over, there, was, there wasn't one enemy army that David didn't conquer. So much so that by the time David was ready to transition the kingdom to his son, his son Jedediah, God said, because you brought my presence into the city, not only was Jerusalem, not only was Israel blessed, but I defeated every enemy so that you are handing over the kingdom to your son in peace and he'll be a son of peace. Therefore, change his name from Jedediah to Shalomon, Solomon, son of peace. When the presence of God comes into your world, the presence of God will do for you what you can't do. The presence of God will do what science can't do. When, when, when we were coming to, to San Diego 16 years ago, we, we were speaking at a conference. It was, I think it was like our, our last hurrah in Australia. We spoke at a conference called Planet Shakers. And there was a pastor from California there in Northern California. And he said to me, listen, he said, God gave me a word for you. He says, when you get to San Diego, this is the word, he says. And he was meaning in the spirit, but quite often the spiritual realm is a reflection of the natural he says, when you get to San Diego, they say the water is bad in San Diego. You can't drink the water out of a, out of a faucet because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard water. It's got all the, from traveling all that distance, it's picked up all then. So you've got to put it through purification before you can drink it. He says, when you get to San Diego, they say the water is bad in San Diego and there's a barrenness in San Diego. There's a, there's a barrenness. It's a preacher's graveyard. There's a barrenness in San Diego. It's, it's unable to produce a life-giving, spirit-filled, power of God, gifts of the spirit-flowing church. And he says, but Isaiah 43, 18 and verse 19, God says, remember not the former things, says the Lord. Behold, I do a new thing. God makes a way in the wilderness. He makes streams in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. And he says, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. So last week, we had our Awaken conference. And we have um, Pastor Mike Maiden. Pastor Mike Maiden, has a, he's on the front row. He's just about to preach. But I see him drop to his knees. And then he's just kind of rocking like this. And I'm like, oh, shoot, something's going on. And he's a, he's a prophet. And as he gets up onto the platform, he says, the Lord just ruined my entire message. 
I feel like I've got the opposite problem. I keep ruining the Lord's. Anyway, but that's another point. And so he gets up and he says, I saw a vision. He says, and I saw a vision of San Diego. And over San Diego, I saw this giant octopus with tentacles. He says, and the tentacles, as they went out, they cast shadows. And all the people that were under the shadow of the tentacles, he says, that it was like they were, they were in a sleep. It was like they were in a daze. And they were like apathetic and lethargic. He says, and then the Lord had me count the tentacles. And he said, I saw 16 tentacles. He says, and then I remembered that God gave you a vision for 16 campuses. He says, if I was honest with you, I felt like that was like, who needs 16 campuses? Why would you do? He says, but I saw five of those tentacles had been cut off. And when the tentacles were cut off, instead of there being a shadow, there was light and the people were awake and they were thriving. He says, and I saw a sixth one that was kind of half cut. So we've got to keep praying for this. Second location for, for our Balboa campus. He says, and it was, it was an octopus, but it had the head of a dragon. And he says, I know, I know why, because you're, you're called to awake, you're called to bring people out. Our job is to, to shift the spiritual atmosphere. King Theoden was in a daze. There are so many people, they live under their worth. They live under their value. That their dream mechanism has shut down. They, they've, they've settled for maybe this is as good as it gets. You were not created to just survive. You were created to thrive. You weren't created just to, to just pay your bills, to just make it through life. You were created to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Christ, you're an overcomer. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus Christ became a curse to redeem us from under the curse, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you and I. Well, what is the blessing of Abraham? Well, God said it in Genesis 12 and repeated in 17 that you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. So let me just say this, that God says to Abraham at 99, you're no longer called Abram. You are now Abraham because my presence is coming into your life. Abraham means father of multitudes. Father of multitudes. Not only that, but Sarai changed to Sarah, her name now means princess, princess. So now at 99 and 89, they're meeting people. Now, how many people know that, that at, at 89 and 99, you've probably made some friendships. You know, people should know you, you know, if you've been around for 89, 99 years. So now they're in the marketplace. Hey, Abram. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Not Abram anymore. What's that? I've changed my name. Well, it's about time. Margo and I were talking and your name, Abram, exalted father. Hello, no babies. Good idea. What you name yourself, fatherless? He's like, no, no. Uh, actually, from now on, from henceforth, I shall be known as father of multitudes. And they're looking at Sarai, and she's like, oh, and he changed my name too. I think she was British. Probably not, probably not. <laughs> She wasn't as beautiful as Cheryl Smith, that's for sure. But she was very beautiful. And, uh, and she says, my name is Sarah Princess. Can you imagine the conversations afterwards? I can't believe what I just heard. Do you see, do you see Abram and Sarai, they've changed their names, haven't they? Yeah. I think they've been in the sun too long. I don't think that's water they're drinking. I think it's vodka. Father of a multitude, he hasn't even had a son. Princess, princess, when you can't produce, you're cursed. You're not a princess. What, what was God doing? See, when the breath of God comes, the prophetic opens. God said, let the weak say, I am strong. It is as you say. It is as you say. We are here in San Diego to shift the atmosphere to shift what you say. Instead of you repeating what the world says, instead of you repeating, well, it's barren, San Diego's hard, it's really expensive, it's hard to buy a home in San Diego. Oh, house prices are out of control. You know, it's a blue state. Oh, you know, you know, we're gonna have to wear masks and we've got to do whatever. No, 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 no. You know, you've come out from under that spirit. You come, now listen, listen, listen to me. I will honor 
I will honour, always honour authority. I will honour governor. I will honour mayor. I will honour president until they violate the Word of God. As soon as they transgress the Word of God, that's where I have to say, okay, hang on, whoa, 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 time out. I will honour you if you do not violate the... But once you violate the Word of God, you need to understand that we are called with a higher calling. We, we, we have a greater allegiance. We, if you will honour this Word, you will find that you, we will be your greater supporters. You will find that we will be wind in your sails. You will find that we will bless and refresh. But if you want to violate this Word, as you, as you start violating God, we have to tap out. We have to say, hey... We, we can't support that. We can't stand with that because we have to give an account to Almighty God. In the city, we want to bring people out from under the influence of that spirit. We want to bring people out and we want to release a word over you so that at 99 and 89, there's a new confession coming out of your mouth that you can say, I am healed. Doesn't matter what the doctors have said. That you can say that I am going to prosper. I am going to get a home here. Doesn't matter what the experts have said. You may come from generational welfare and generational poverty, but there's a, a, a spirit. There's an anointing. There's a power on this place. It's the All Things Are Possible network where with God, all things are possible. We don't want to have just church on a Sunday. There's a religious ceremony. We want to get people with God. We want you to bring the presence of God into your home, into your life, over your marriage, over your finances, over your family, and you'll find that a great shift happens. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. All right, can I, can I try and get to point three? Point number three is governance matters. Governance matters. This, this, is, this is where a lot of people, you know, they, they kind of get their knickers in. I don't understand why I wait in church. Got to get all political. Like, why can't you stay in your lane? That's true. They came into our lane. They, they always do. Now watch this. If I said to you, if I said to you, God, and as you think about God, if I was to ask you the question, is God a king or is He a priest? What would your answer be? He's both. Melchizedek was the king of Salem, the king of peace. He was Melchizedek, king of righteousness, but he was priest of God Most High. He was king and priest. Jesus, Yeshua, is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the king. The Bible says the government will be upon His shoulders and of His increase. But he's also, the Bible says in Hebrews that he's our high priest. The Bible says God has made you and I a nation of kings and priests. You need to understand that there's dual authority in God. There's dual authority in God. What do I mean by that? It's like a, a, a railway line, railway tracks. If you get rid of one of those things, the train's going to derail. And, and there's a kingly anointing and then there's a priestly anointing. Moses was meant to be both when God called Moses. But because he kept giving God a hard time. I can't speak. I stutter. And God says, oh, after three, all right. Is not Aaron, your brother, eloquent? Bring Aaron in. So Aaron comes in to be the priest. But first trip away, first time Moses has got to go away. Leave Aaron in I'm just going away up onto the mountain. God's going to give us the Ten Commandments. I just need you. Don't do anything. Got it. Go already. I got it. Moses is only halfway up the mountain and Aaron is getting everyone's golden earrings and, and behold, these are the gods that have delivered thee from Egypt. And he's made golden calves. And Moses comes down and, you know, it's chaos. But did we expect different? Aaron was birthed in compromise. He was established in compromise. So of course he's going to operate in compromise. From that time on, as you watch it, Moses continue has to be the atoner. Moses continue has to be the one because he was always meant to be king and priest. Now say all of that to say this, the king of England and every king, you see it all the way through the scripture where the kingly authority does not want the priestly authority to be separate. The separation of church and state isn't that the church should shut up and butt out. It's not separation from, it's separation of powers. Because the church, the voice of the priest, is meant to hold in check. Is meant to hold in check. When David messed up with Bathsheba, 
beside the throne was a prophet by the name of Nathaniel. And Nathaniel came to David and he brought, he brought the word of the Lord and he brought judgment onto David for his violation and transgression. He brought correction to get David back to where he was meant to be. And David humbled himself. What you will find is that nations all around the world want the church to heal. They want the church to bow. They will even say, hey, well, we'll take away C3. We'll take away your 501C3 tax exemption. And I'm like, take it. What, what, do I look like Judas? Like, oh, hang on. Oh, oh, I've got, I've got to pay taxes. Oh, I don't want to preach the truth. I want to save money. You can't, but what the heck are you talking? You can blow it out your shorts. I'm, we're here to preach the truth. I, I don't, take, take our 501c3. I, I don't care. What am I meant to say? I'm meant to stand before God and God's like, dude, what happened to you? You backed up from my truth. Well, Lord, they were going to charge taxing me. You understand, surely. I, I thought, well, I could do with 30 pieces of silver. Judas, oh, but no, not on our watch. If you look around the world, around the world, around the world, there is a war going on. You're a conspiracy theorist. All right, well, you know what, you know what the difference is between the truth and a conspiracy theorist? Six months. But have a look, have a look right around the world, right around the world, right now, right now. The kingly authority is trying to bring into subjugation, trying to, trying to bring the church to, but we can't, we can't. We have to hold it accountable. We have to hold it accountable. We have to hold it accountable. I have to hold it accountable. I've got to finish. When, when we were in Israel, the last time we were in Israel, we, we were driving from uh, Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls are, are all in that, that area there. And as, we, as we're driving down, I look and I see the most amazing date palms and the most amazing, like, citrus trees. And, and they were telling us that there's mangoes and figs and dates. And, and it's now become a multi-billion dollar export. Just a few years earlier, just about a decade earlier, that land didn't belong to Israel. It belonged to the Palestinians, and it was all desert. The Jordan River ran all the way down. It runs all the way down into the Dead Sea, but it was a desert. And now the Palestinians want it back because Israel have turned what was a desert into this, where they've got more fresh fruit and more honey you know, from, from the dates, as date honey more figs, mangoes, all these exotic fruits. Everything is flourishing. So now they want it back. What's the difference? Same land. It was the same land, same river. It wasn't like all of a sudden the Jordan started flowing again. The Jordan was always flowing. The difference is the governance. It doesn't matter who's in authority. It doesn't matter. I don't understand why. No, Proverbs 29 verse 2. Always make sure that you line up with the Bible if you want to sound smart. Proverbs 29 verse 2 says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. When the Palestinians had that land, the reason it was a desert is because they believe that Allah cursed the earth. It's cursed. And if Allah cursed the earth, there's nothing you can do about it. The Jewish people know that God said, cursed be the ground, but he gave the Jewish people the assignment of redeeming that which was under the curse, that they could provide atonement so that where there was once curse, now blessing could follow. Same land, same soil, same Jordan River, just two different mentalities. The first time we drove to Tijuana, First time we drove to Tijuana, as soon as we crossed the border, I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Same sky. Half this mountain's in California. This half's in, that's the same Pacific Ocean there. It's the same soil, the same minerals. What's the difference? Governance. Governance. 
What spirit are you under? What word rules over your life? We're here to shift things in this city, to bring you out from under so that you come under the highest authority. You come under the Word of God. Don't let anybody rob you from the Word of God. Remember when, when Satan said to Adam and Eve, has God really said? God said to them, don't eat of that tree. That tree is death. It'll kill you. Don't eat that fruit. And Adam kind of says, you know, don't even touch it. Don't even touch it. And then Satan comes and says, has God really said? God knows the day you eat from that tree, you'll be like Him. You'll be, it's to your advancement. And the Bible says now the Grima worm tongue had got into Eve's ears. She looks again at the same. Yesterday it was a tree of death. Now she looks and she goes, oh. And the Bible says when she saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes and able to make one wise, she took of the fruit. What happened? She came under a different spirit. Life is too short and we love you too much to you allow you to live under the misperceptions and the deceptions that lies will bring. That's why every Sunday we make no apology. I don't care if we're praised or persecuted. We will preach this word so it will unlock an all things are possible network so that you begin to see what God has said. You begin to see what God is able to do, that you begin to awaken, you begin to dream the dreams of God, you begin to see that you can flourish, you begin to see that with God all things are possible. We can buy a home in San Diego. I'm over time, I'm over time. Quickly grab a seat, grab a seat as I finish. God said to me, there are three flows that send that um, Awaken Church are gonna be known for. A number of years ago, every January we fast, about seven or eight years ago, we did a 40-day fast. In the 40-day fast, God says, I want you to dig again the wells of Abraham. There, there, there are things that, uh, that the previous generation dug in, in California. California was known for the gifts of the Spirit, moving of the gifts of the Spirit. It was known for healing. There was a Azusa Street revival, baptism of the Holy Spirit, healings, miracles, the charismatic revival of the 60s where we saw people being healed supernaturally. And God said there are three, three springs that Awaken Church will be known for in San Diego because you're willing to pay a price. It says the first one is from barren to fruitful. People are going to come into this house and they've been told they can't have babies. And all the time, all the time, babies, 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 babies. Second one, he says, from poverty to prosperity. From poverty to prosperity. So many people, we, we probably the number one kickback I get in criticism on Yelp reviews is they're a prosperity church like Joel Osteen. Joel's probably the nicest human I've ever met. Oh, that didn't land either. And so, um, <laughs> you know, their prosperity, like, you know, oh dear God, like Psalm 35, 27, the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Yeah, but you can get greedy. Not in our church. Because every week we talk about giving. You know the thing that upsets you the most in the service? Yeah, yeah. We talk about giving. Yeah. Yeah, the reason it upsets you is because it, it tweaks you. And so giving people don't greed and greeting people don't give. It's real simple. But, you know, what if I, what if I make too much money and then I, you know, like I put my trust in my material things? Well, here's the thing. Every week we're going to teach you and if you've got too much, you can come and make an appointment with Pastor John. He can help you. He can relieve that burden. We've got six orphanages that we have in Mexico. We've got eight villages that we support in Peru. We just built a hospital in Ghana. They need a whole bunch of other things. There's always something. But God wants you to be blessed, to be a, here. You're going to go from poverty to prosperity. And the last one is we're going to terminate terminal. Terminate terminal. That's, that's, an, that's just a flow. It's just, and we see it all the time. We don't see it because, oh, hey, you need to go and find that German-Australian guy because he has this clever formula when he prays. I think it's something he does with his hands. It's the way that he prays. It's, it's the Australian accent. Now, listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know that God is not Australian. I can tell you 100%. Now, here's, if I was honest with you, God could be Latino. I'm just putting it out there. 
Because you think when God appears to Moses in the burning bush, Moses, Moses, take the sandals from your feet. For the place where you are standing is, a, is holy ground. I mean, it's, that sounds like God. To me, that sounds like God. But let me tell you, let me tell you, definitely, Cheryl Smith, definitely this, Chris, this is definitely how God doesn't sound. Moses, Moses, take the sandals off your feet, mate. And down under, we don't call them sandals. We call them thongs, which is a whole nother. I'm way over time and in so much trouble, Pastor Charles. Turn your palms towards heaven. I've got to finish. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your hand over this city that you love, San Diego. Just say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, today I make a decision. I'm going to come out from under the influence of any other word other than yours. Today I make a decision. I'm going to come under your word. Your word is truth. Heavenly Father, I break every time, every agreement, every alignment with the spirit of this world and I come out and come under agreement with your word in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening To find out more about our locations team and what we do here at Awakened Church go to awakenedchurch.com